Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. Now, today, it's going to be a show about breastfeeding and beyond breastfeeding with my guest today, Donna Walls. Donna, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Marie. I'm really excited to be here today. Well, we are very excited to have you back, Donna. Some of you may remember that Donna did a show with us earlier this year where she talked about uh, consuming your own placentas. Well, I guess that would be singular. But anyway, uh, Donna is the author of a very interesting book. It's called Growing Green Families, A Guide for Natural Families and Healthy Homes. I did not know about this book when I first asked Donna to come on the show a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago or whatever it was. And I discovered this book. And I have to say, I really like this book a lot. And for me, that is high praise. Because usually I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, book, book. I got a million books around here. Uh, So let me just tell you a little bit about Donna. She is a nurse. She's a childbirth educator and a lactation consultant based in Dayton, Ohio. She graduated from the Australian College of Herbal Sciences as a master herbalist in 1997, and she became certified as an aromatherapist in 1999. She teaches aromatherapy and herbal medicine at Sinclair Community College. She's particularly interested in women's health, including breast cancer prevention, with a focus on the connection between health and the environment. So you might have already deduced that we're going to talk about the connection between health and the environment today, and we're going to specifically relate that to pregnancy and birth issues. That's why at the beginning of the show, I said this is about breastfeeding. It's beyond breastfeeding, and it's a little bit of both. I think that this book is hugely interesting, Donna, and I guess I really want to talk to you about, first of all, it's so easy to not go green. It is so easy to uh, clean with whatever we want to and do our laundry with whatever we want to and put whatever skincare products are being advertised to us. It's so easy, and often it's more expensive to do the green stuff. But in your book, you do a number of things, one of which is you give some very specific recipes so that it's actually not all that more expensive. So listeners, if you're thinking you're going to have to bust your budget on green products, you are certainly welcome to do that. But Donna makes it such that you don't have to. But Donna, let's back up a minute. Why are these when we know that it's easy to just pull things that are the traditional commercial items off the shelf, why is it so important to run your household green? Well, I, I think um, I could spend the whole rest of the time giving you reasons for that, but I'll try to encapsulate. Um, number one, the chemicals that we have in our environment do have 
uh, many of them have a negative impact on the health for ourselves and our family, um, our children, and the planet. And we are, um, you know, here on this planet, and the sicker the planet gets, the sicker we are getting. We get, so yep. Yeah. It's really important that we start really becoming aware of what some of these concerns are, and even more than that, to to really take action and start doing a little bit. And that's I think that's what I, whenever I do a class or a lecture or a session, I always say, just start small. You don't have to change the world in, in one week, um, but just you know, start doing some reading, start doing some looking up some research. Um, and I think most people, once they start educating themselves about this, are certainly willing to put a little bit of effort in because I think the health, our personal health and the health of our families is certainly worth a little bit of effort that it takes to educate yourself and then start doing um, some simple things to make your homes uh, greener and cleaner. Uh, Donna, I, I agree with you, and I really love the idea that you're saying start small, because I think that that's where I started. And I would also say, uh, everybody, you need to read the preface of Donna's book. Uh, you need to read the preface of every author's book, because it really tells a little bit about how the author came to be to get into this stuff, so to speak. I know in my own books, I always try to do a preface because I think it's really important for people to understand that authors tend to write about the stuff that is near and dear to their heart. And in Donna's case, it was that she was raising her own family. Then she got beyond the raising of her own family and had time to actually uh, do more rather than just the small, but her start small became uh, much, much bigger because she was really committed to the idea of better health for herself and for her family. And so she talks about a lot of different things in her book, which, and, and by the way, Donna, I, I guess part of the reason I loved your book is that I've already done some some of those things, so it gave me an opportunity to kind of, you know, pat myself on the back. But there was still more that I could do. So, Donna, why does this, because your very first chapter is on pregnancy, and you insist that this whole idea of these harmful chemicals starts early in the game. So, let's talk about what are these toxic chemicals and what is their impact on pregnancy? And again, I know this pr- could probably be a whole show, but can you boil it down to the ones that are maybe the most offensive or the most common or something like that? Sure. And I, I think one thing that um, affects pregnancy and affects young girls and affects women and affects men as well, and those are called um, xenoestrogens or sometimes referred to as environmental estrogens. Yeah. And these are chemicals that look very much like estrogen. And the classic example, one of the first things we actually discovered decades ago, um, was herbicides and pesticides. And they yeah. were the first ones that are kind of tagged as environmental estrogens. And so what happens is that, the, you know, when we take them into our bodies, either through food or through the air or applying them, however we take them into our bodies, 
it goes to the receptor sites where estrogen is supposed to be there and doing the things that estrogen should be doing. Um, instead, these artificial or kind of strange kind of estrogens, these environmental or, or xenoestrogens, settle into the receptor site. But instead of normal things happening, um, strange things are happening. And so on a big level, what we're seeing is that we're seeing little girls um, going into puberty way yes. too early. Um, we're seeing yes. little girls starting their periods at eight years old, yes. some of them. And now I'm seeing reports of even like six and seven-year-olds starting their oh. periods. Oh, um, man. And suddenly that we're seeing really high rates of uh, reproductive cancers in men and women. We're seeing high rates of infertility. Um, we're seeing a lot of really negative side effects from these exposures. And the problem, part of the problem is there's so many sources of these environmental estrogens. They're um, in, uh, obviously, herbicides and pesticides. They're in plastics, which is one of the things I really try to hit home is like trying to stay away from putting our food in the plastic containers. Uh-huh. And again, much of this, as you said, you know, this, you know, the plastic is so convenient. If I put it in glass, I'm afraid I'm going to drop it and break it. Yeah, um, yeah. My response to those kind of things is always, well, you know, illness is pretty inconvenient too. So <laughs> I think nice. I'd rather, you know, take a little bit of time now and make some changes and do the right thing rather than having to deal with it later on. So, um, so plastics is a huge, um, you know, supplier of these environmental estrogens. And so a lot of the products, I would say the products we smear on ourselves. So whether it's shampoo or toothpaste or deodorant or lotions, whatever it is, when it comes in contact with our skin and we absorb it into our bodies, um, it's, it's a huge problem. Um, these environmental estrogens, again, are related directly to reproductive cancer. So, um, we, we need to take, um, you know, a firm stand and try to make some changes in our lives that are going to protect us. No, no one knows where their tipping point is. Why do, you know, why does one person get cancer and another one? We don't know. We don't know that. Uh, we don't know where each individual's tipping point is, but I'm going to do everything I can to not hit my tipping point. Right. And so I guess right. that's where I'm coming from. So, Donna, this is interesting because uh, as you mentioned, the glass, the plastic, I started getting rid of plastic in my own house a long time ago. And I don't know that I've Good. totally wiped it out, but uh, uh, one of the things I want to talk about is BPA because about three or four years ago, well, even before that, there was this big scare about BPA and its ill effects. And then there was a full page ad in, I want to say the New York Times or one of those big newspapers that said, no, 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 all of these scares about BPA are untrue. Now, this is hugely important to people who are storing human milk for their babies, mother's milk, because very often the, the, uh, well, let me just back up. I really preach this a lot when I uh, teach my comprehensive lactation course. I teach that there are four different kinds of plastic. Not all plastic is created equally, and I can't get into all that right this moment. But as related to the BPA in plastic, I want to know, what's the deal there? Uh, Are those scares correct, 
Or when they came out and said, oh, no, just kidding. There's really no problem here. What's your take on that? Um, I, I And I believe it was in the Wall Street Journal that that article okay. came out. And okay. um, I think we have an abundance of research. It started in Europe back in the 90s. And that's when the um, the first kind of research came out connecting BPA and breast cancer, finding there was very high levels of actually having BPA in breast cancer tumors. And so there was enough bells going off that I think we should pay attention. And I still think um, we should be very careful about BPA. Some recent studies have shown that with rat pups, we haven't seen it in humans yet, but again, I think it's at least something we should be aware of that we're seeing um, lower um, like rat, like pup caring behavior. So when these, these mother rats, have high levels of BPA in their systems, they just don't do what normal mother rats do. And there's less, um, you know, less of those things that help to create healthy offspring. And so I think that, again, should be a huge, um, huge red flag for us, at least enough to say, ooh, we need to think about that. But now that being said... Um, I think we have seen all this movement towards BPA free, you know, this is BPA is just one of the harmful chemicals in plastic. So actually you take a plastic water bottle, for example, Donna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to that's, I'm going to stop you. I we've can, got to go to break. You know. uh, we've got to go to break, but we'll talk about that okay. more on the other side of the break. Hey, everybody, don't go away. Okay. Donna Walls and I will be right okay. back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues, anxious, parenting challenges, no more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? 
If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, and I have with me today Donna Walls. Donna, before I interrupted you and we went to the break, you were talking about the BPA and the bottles, and I want everybody to understand that even if something is plastic, that does not necessarily mean that it contains BPA. But Donna ended by saying, just remember, BPA is only one thing that is bothersome in the plastic. And so, therefore, she was highly suggesting going to the glass. So, Donna, here's a question that I get from mothers. I get from people who participate in one of my lactation courses. I get this all the time. So then, is it better to put mother's milk in a glass bottle? What say you? Yes. Very, very yes. I'll, I'll say yes. I, I think there's so much research out about the concerns about plastic that um, we really can um, quite confidently take a stand and say, you need to go to the glass. There's some that are bamboo. We even have stainless steel bottles. Right. Um, you know, so there's lots of alternatives out there to get away from the plastic. And from an environmental perspective, um, the, we hear it all the time. The plastic going into the environment is destroying so much of the oceans, the waterways. We're just being strangled with plastic. So um, not only from a personal health point of view, but from an env- environmental point of view, it's really doing a lot of damage to the environment. So, um, you know, people say, but I'm recycling it. Well, that's great. That's really good, but there's one thing that's better than recycling, and that's not using it in the not first using place it at all. Having to put <laughs> the energy into recycling, you know, so right, um, right, yeah, using a substitute is better to begin with. So yeah, all right. So Donna, what about this? Some people say, well, it's not like I'm heating my milk in the bottle. Okay, but it's my understanding that if the plastic becomes heated, for example, you put it in the dishwasher, which is pretty much what American women do, then that releases the bad chemicals. Am I getting this right? You actually are. And what happens is that that plastic develops little teeny microscopic cracks, and from those cracks leach the um, inherently harmful chemicals that makes the plastic. So the bottom line is there's really no such thing as safe plastic. Now, that being said, there is a whole industry cropping up that um, is developing what's called plantics or bioplastics, 
lot of things, but there are um, materials that are that act a lot like plastic, so they're not breakable and those kind of things. Um, and they are made out of potatoes and beets and oh, wheat uh-huh. and hemp. And so there's, there's some really great people working on some really good things like that. You can buy, um, like, non-plastic trash cans. You can buy sure. sandwich bags for your kids, you know. There are lots of things like that that's in the work. So more and more of that is becoming available on the market now. And they call it bioplastics or plantics. There's other names for them, but um, so, they're available. They cost a little bit more. Um, but again, I, you know, like that old commercial used to say, I think I'm worth it. So sure. um, I, I do it. Yes. <laughs> Donna, this show is primarily about breastfeeding and feeding issues. So I'm going to raise one that I suspect you don't have the answer to, but I, I really want to pursue this. What about all of the breast flanges, meaning the the thing, the horn, the whatever you want to call it at, at the end of the pump? Women are putting these plastic flanges on their breasts in order to pump their milk. What what do we know about that? Or or maybe nothing uh, or everything? What I, do we know? You know? I think anything that's plastic is of concern. Um, so I you know because those um, you know the milk you know that your skin is in contact with your skin. It's, I I think those are all of concern. I. The other mm. kind of aspect that relates directly to breastfeeding, um, I did a study several years ago, and women who are struggling with milk supply, because we all know environment, you know, that estrogen is not a friend of breastfeeding. Estrogen, right. Uh, right. you know, breastfeeding is a low estrogen state, and all these exposures to all these estrogen-like uh, chemicals are actually having a direct impact on milk supply. And there's actually looking at um, dioxin and some other chemicals, some environmental chemicals that are actually having um, a detrimental effect on uh, a woman's ability on, on like the, you know, the milk making cells. So alveoli are being damaged by exposure to some of these. So I, I did a research study several years ago and um, asked women who, you know, were having problems, were struggling. Most of them had a well-established milk supply and then started having some issues. Most of them were at least able to get a milk supply going. But then we, we did a couple different prongs. We asked some groups to take all the environmental estrogens out of their food. So only have like organic meat and dairy and of those kind of things. We had others kind of change and go to all natural skincare products. We had others who completely took plastic that had no plastic contact with their food. And interestingly, you, they all had a positive impact on their really? uh, breast milk produ- production. So getting Whoa. those environmental estrogens away from them helped with their milk supply. The one that actually had the biggest impact was the food. So going wow. to organic meats and dairies and getting those hormones out uh, seemed to have the biggest impact on milk supply, but they all do. So if there is a particular concern. It's not just our health, but there is a particular concern to milk production and women's ability to make milk. So there's some direct negative impact on breastfeeding. 
Donna, that is really a frightening to me because I, I'm not sure that I buy into this. I can't breastfeed. I don't have enough milk. My, you know, I don't necessarily believe that that is a. A lot of people tell me they don't have enough milk. They do have enough milk. They just think they don't have enough milk. And as you know, this is a very multi-complicated topic. We can talk about that all day right. long. But what you're saying, I think, is hugely important. You are saying that at least one possible thing to pursue or to look at or to uh, consider is what sorts of toxic chemicals are you putting in your body through the the skincare products, the foods, the and we haven't even talked about the lawn products and whatnot. But <laughs> but you you are saying that you believe that that is at least one possible factor for why milk supply could be reduced. Absolutely. And I, when I had my practice, I'm no longer in practice, but when I had my practice, I thought this is a win-win situation because um, I did a lot of education and we talked and I had a lot of handouts and, you know, here's how to avoid those environmental estrogens. So not only were were we helping them with their milk supply, but we're helping them and their families to lead a cleaner life. So it was kind of um, a a perfect opportunity to do education for family health as well. So, Donna, what about this? I have noticed lately that I cannot buy a jar of mayonnaise or a jar of applesauce or anything else unless it's plastic. Now, for those of you who are listening, trust me, I do not have any babies to feed baby food to. (laughs) So I don't know. But I would assume that those jars are also plastic if you're buying the strange carrots or the whatever. Uh, Am I correct? And if so, do we know the effect on the baby? They're actually, and we don't. We don't have particularly that we don't have that cause and effect we we don't know we know about generally the environmental estrogens and uh you know what effect they have i don't think we i have at least if it's out there i haven't seen it yet uh direct correlation between baby foods um and those kind of things although i am seeing more and more baby foods going back to being sold in glass jars so i was Happy to see that. Yes, more uh-huh. glass bottles, more glass jars, uh, especially those that are uh, labeling themselves as all natural or organic uh, or whatever. You know, more likely to be, you know, uh, be you know prepared in a glass jar or bottle. So it just kind of makes sense that if the company is going to be that aware and try to go the extra steps to make sure their products are free of preservatives, dyes dyes, chemicals, those kind of things, then it would just make sense those companies would go the next step and, you know, uh, put their products in glass jars, which, yay, I think that's fabulous. And I, I personally, I, I'm way far past baby too, um, <laughs> you know, I would encourage anyone to support companies that are, that are doing the right thing, that are right. taking that extra step. And um, I think we do need to do that with a lot of companies. So those companies that are really going the extra mile for our family's health and, you know, support them whenever we can. So, yeah. I would also just remind people, maybe I'm just old, but I tend (laughs) to not buy things off the shelf if I can easily make them myself. So, for example, I just got through uh, 
teaching a bunch of courses. I get back to my house. If I want some applesauce, you know what? I'm going to go to the store and buy the applesauce. But I would really much rather just throw the apples, chop them up into the food processor or blender, make my own applesauce. It's really not that tough to do. And I would encourage people, remember that you can do this for babies as well. And sometimes that just does not come across, but it should because And by the way, I want to just mention, as I mentioned, apples, and we're going to go into this deeper in the next section, I hope, but, or maybe not, because we got a bunch of the stuff to talk about. But for instance, apples are, Donna, correct me if I'm wrong, but apples are one of the most highly sprayed fruits. Is that correct? That's, um, there is a wonderful resource for anyone who's kind of wanting to go down that road you're talking about, which I support 110%. There is um, an organization called the Environmental Working Group. It's org, And they have a list that's a free download that's called the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. And it provides the, the information you're talking about. So which foods are more highly contaminated with herbicides and pesticides? And those are the ones that might be better, you know, I mean, unless you're independently wealthy, very few people sure. can afford to buy everything organic. So we have I to agree. be, you know, a little bit a little bit careful. So they kind of help that. So those foods that are more highly contaminated, the dirty dozen, um, you know, put your money toward buying those in the organic uh, form. But the clean Absolutely. 15, those foods, um, maybe if you have the extra money, that's fabulous. But if you don't, those are a little bit safer to buy um, non-organic. So yeah, got it. it gives got it. families okay. a uh, great guide to helping to buy um, cleaner, healthier, safer foods. Donna, we need to take a break. We'll come back right after uh, okay. and talk with Donna right uh, shortly. Mm-hmm. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894 and ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life 
of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with Donna Walls. She is the author of Growing Green Families, A Guide for Natural Families and Healthy Homes. Now, in the first segment, we talked about how the, the negative effects that products can have. We've specifically talked about plastics. In the second section, we talked about the effects on baby food, uh, storing mother's milk, and so forth. But Donna, I want to go a little further here because it's really important to me, at least, to talk about personal care items for yourself as well as skin care for your baby. And again, I want to tell you, Donna has handled this, I think, really well in her book. But this is important to me because I've seen so many breastfed babies with some form of eczema or skin rash or irritation or whatever they're calling it. And so often it's, oh, well, you got to stop breastfeeding. It must be something you're eating. To which I can tell you, if you are a mother and if somebody is always blaming breastfeeding, it's probably wrong. So just get that in your head. But I'm also, with you. yeah. <laughs> but sometimes what I find, and I found mothers who are paying big bucks to get these kids with this expensive ointment to treat these things, and my question is, is it a possible skin product? Let me just tell you a quick story about myself. Now, it was several years ago. When I was on the U.S. Breastfeeding Committee and I went to lunch with one of the uh, people who was there from the Centers for Disease Control. And somehow we got to at lunch to talking about shampoo. And she said, oh, yes, how important it was that the uh, SLS, the sodium lauryl sulfate that is in mm-hmm. the shampoo, can be a known irritant. Well, you know, Donna, I wouldn't have paid any attention except that this woman was from the CDC. I thought she got a PhD. She's pretty smart. So I was thinking, all right, so maybe she's crazy, but maybe not. So I have had this eczema on the back of my neck since I was probably a freshman in high school. I went home. I stopped using commercial shampoo. And I kid you not, inside of six months, that eczema on the back of my neck was gone. 
This has made me a huge fan of 100% olive oil soap on my skin and the Castile soap in my hair and so forth and so on. So I just want to preface this to people by saying, look it, you know, this is important. So Donna, Talk to us, I know you read a whole chapter on this, but talk to us a little bit about shampoo, skincare products. Uh, I will keep asking, but if you start talking, uh, I'll, I'll know what the next question is. I'm very interested in this. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, um, this, is, this is such a huge topic. And in the um, hospital where I worked, we decided that uh, we were going to take this problem and grab it by the horn. So we got rid of all the standard baby care products and replaced them all with um, Castile soap and um, got rid of all the lotions. And um, again, I would refer you all to the Environmental Working Group. There's a section called ewg.org slash skindeep. It's got hazard ratings for all of these products that we're smearing on ourselves. And if you want to do any education, just look through some of those things that, and it's just scary. It's just scary what we're exposing these little babies, these vulnerable Uh, babies to. uh, Um, So, yeah, so just replace it with olive oil. You you don't need lotions. All you need is olive oil or a good plant-based cold-pressed oil. That's all you need. You don't need any of that fancy stuff. And I think you've mentioned Castile soap, um, you know, glycerin soap, just basic things. The more basic, the better. You're going to save yourself money. And part of the reason in the hospitals that we were able to switch to these natural products was because we saved the hospital so much money. When they realized how much money they were paying for these, you know, inferior products that potentially could be causing harm, um, it was a no-brainer to switch. And so I think that can be the same kind of philosophy for families. Educate yourself. Take a look at that. Um, you can go into the ewg.org slash type in the product that you're using now, and see what the hazard rating is. And, again, less is better when it comes to all this stuff. If you are, if you don't want to go that route and you want to buy some of the commercial products, that's fine. But, you know, a couple simple rules. One, no fragrances. If it smells pretty, don't use it. Don't use it. Fragrances, yep. fragrances are, are, are harmful. The less, uh, the smaller amount of ingredients, the better it is. So if it only has three or four, you know, two or three or four um, ingredients, that's great. And the other rule, I think, is that if you can't pronounce it, don't <laughs> smear it on yourself or your baby. Yep. You yep. know, these these chemicals are just, and, and we just don't, we don't need them. And we, we shouldn't be paying for them. And um, it's quicker, simpler, easier, better, cheaper uh, to go back to some of the the basics. And I think of like what, you know, a hundred years ago, how did people care for themselves? They, you know, they went, they just had these basic products and probably didn't have all the same kind of issues like the chronic autoimmune diseases and things like that Mm. that we have now. So um, I think it's important for us to educate ourselves again. First of all, bring in awareness, educate yourself, and then how, where your resources are to help you make uh, better, cleaner, safer uh, choices for your family. Donna, talk to us about cotton diapers. 
or I, I don't know if I should say cotton, but cloth diapers. I have always been very negative about plastic diapers. Even before I knew what I was talking about, there at some gut level, it just seemed wrong to me to put those on kids' butts. So yeah. what does the research say? What's the update? I am not well read of that subject at all, but I know that I would not put plastic. I would put plastic on my kids if we were going to grandma's or something. But uh, right. why, why is a cloth the diaper so important? Uh, talk to us. Well, yeah, and this could be a whole nother hour, too. Um, <laughs> I would say, oh, yeah. um, number one, cloth diapers, when they go into landfills, they take so much time to biodegrade. that They are one of the most damaging things to the environment. And the other kind of perspective is that some of the chemicals that they use to create that gel, so um, they, it's always portrayed as being healthy for your baby's bottom because they don't get wet. I don't know. Right. I think I would prefer urine over some of the side effects of the chemicals in this gel. And there have been some um, some concerns expressed about uh, raising scrotal temperatures in little boys, saying some Whoa. of the chemicals that, you know, when babies are in diapers, you know, 24-7, so they have this constant contact with uh, some of the chemicals that are um, of concern. So I, I think, um, you know, and now, back in the old days, when you had to take a diaper and you had the pins and you put the plastic pants on and, right, you know, all right. that kind of stuff, now they have these, like, these wonderful kinds of, um, you know, cloth, fabric, whatever, hemp, whatever it is, um, diapers, and they have these little systems that they're so easy now. And so I think they've made it. Uh, they've taken the best of, of both. You have the convenience of the disposable diapers and the safety and, um, and you know, health, healthiness of the cloth diaper. So these, you know, systems that they have for cloth diapering, and I think cloth diapering is really catching on. We're seeing more and more and more of that all the time. And I think I'm with you. I, um, you know, these, these um, paper diapers, disposable diapers, I, there are some concerns with these. And so we're not saying never use them. Um, I'm like you, Marie. When my kids were little, we did cloth diapers, you know, the disposables were just coming out, and A, the price of them was outrageous. Outrageous, and, yep. Um, so we would just save them. You know, like if we were going out for the evening, I'd use a couple of those. But yeah, convenience, the majority sure. of the time, it was cloth diapers, yeah. So I think we need to go back to that. So I think we need to go back to that time. So And reduce the exposure of, to the environment and to, and to our babies as well. On the same note, Donna, I don't know if there's research that shows that these kids have sore bottoms more frequently, but I have changed a million diapers or maybe many million diapers in my life, <laughs> having having been a nurse in a hospital. Yeah. But, but I really, it seems to me that there are more sore bottoms when kids are in disposable diapers. Number one, is there any scientific truth to that or is the, am I off my rocker? And number two, what would you do for... Uh, some sort of a, I know what you're going to say, but what are you going to put on the baby's bottom to make it better? So number one, is there, is there any cause and effect? And number two, what's the treatment? Um, I, I would suspect that uh, there would be some irritation, especially the highly perfumed ones. Oh, right. Um, right. 
Yeah, some of them have, you know, you walk down the diaper aisle and it, the smell of it just about knocks you over. Um, and so with all that perfume, uh, that's just got to cause more irritation. I have never, that being said, that's my hunch, um, I have never seen any research that actually uh, connects. And I, and I haven't. I haven't looked at it from that perspective. There may be some of the listeners that have um, seen some more current research because usually what I look at is the research more from an environmental um, or sure. you know perspective sure. and those kind of things. So um, to me, so, I, I can't imagine that it wouldn't. Um, and certainly, of course, the things that, you know, the best thing to put on baby's bottoms is breast milk, <laughs> you know, um, the low breast milk. I'm sure that's what you were going to say, Marie. I'm figuring you were going to say that as well. The no, I was, thinking, the breast milk on it. <laughs> I was thinking and you were going oil, to go, you know. I thought you were going to go for cornstarch, but hey, listen, everybody, uh, we are coming up to a break. Don't go away because when Donna comes back, when Donna comes back, we are going to continue this discussion. So don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with Donna Walls, author of Growing Green Families, and we will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894 and ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash good donor. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with Donna Walls. Donna and I were talking so much at the break that it's a wonder we were able to come back. But anyway, Donna, (laughs) help us with this. We've got only a short segment here. Help us with what are the categories that we need to be most concerned about? Uh, Take it away. Um, (laughs) That's like picking your favorite child. I I, I think that, you know... They all of them, and the, the you know, looking at the plastics and the food and the herbicides and pesticides, and we didn't talk about cleaning supplies. Looking at you know what we're actually cleaning our our homes with. Um, and let me tell you, my product. favorite, so those my are favorite kind of cleaning over, my sorry, favorite overreaching cleaning kind of categories. So okay. um, we didn't talk much about cleaning supplies, but again. Let's do it. Um, I think one thing, again, I could talk the whole hour on, but I know I have to, uh, you know, be concise here. My, <laughs> one of my biggest concerns on cleaning supplies is all these hand sanitizers. We are really? just killing ourselves with these hand sanitizers. And I just saw about the third really good research coming out saying we are so over-cleaning our children. And it's no oh. wonder why we have these, you know, these uh, flu bugs that are just going wild and, um, you know, kids go outside and they keep talking about, you know, kids need to be outside. They need to be getting their hands in the dirt. They need to be, you know, um, what, what humans are supposed to be doing, interacting with the environment. We are designed to be interacting with the environment and not staying inside and, um, and being overly clean because this, you know, sense of being overly clean. We've actually hit the point, I think, where we should be more afraid of the chemicals than we are of the germs. And wow. so we need a little bit kind of attitude adjustment here when it comes to cleaning supplies. So, um, so Donna, one of the things we need to that think we about tell- one of the things that we tell mothers is that they need to wash their hands before they breastfeed, wash their hands before they do hand expression, got all that. All right, so I am guessing that you're going to say, if you've got soap and water, that would be absolutely preferable. Don't be lazy and just use the hand sanitizer. Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, in October of 16, the FDA has banned 19 of the chemicals that are used in hand sanitizers because they're carcinogenic. So, yeah. So, um, 
But unfortunately, this never hits the evening news. <laughs> you know, it, it upsets me that these kind of things you have to, you know, ferret out in some kind of research study or just be on, you know, websites specifically talking about environmental things. Everybody should be aware of this. So just basic hand soap. And Maria, you and I, when I was a young nurse, we washed our hands, wash your hands. Absolutely. Wash your hands. Absolutely. They, you know, that, that was all you did. And, yep. um, and so now, you know, we need to go back to that and don't be smearing these kind of things on. And there's some simple hand sanitizers that are natural. You can just put some lavender um, essential oil into some water. Lavender is a great antimicrobial. Um, you know, True. put 30 drops of lavender essential oil in an ounce of water. It's a great one if you're somewhere where you can't wash your hands. You can use that, and it's safer, cleaner, better, uh, smells better, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so, so Donna, wait a minute. Uh, I want to talk about that. I buy lavender oil, and I'm never really sure if I'm doing it right or not. Are you telling me you need a good organic uh, oil, which is, I don't know, two inches high or so, put that in your purse, and if you cannot wash your hands, take that out and just put it with the uh, 30 drops of that with one ounce of water. Is that what you're saying? Um, yes. And actually, I mix it up separate. I have my little hand sanitizer. And as my daughter, when her kids started going to school, they lined up the kids and started smearing these hand sanitizers on it. Yeah. No, wait a minute here, you know. So you just get a little one-ounce squirt bottle. You put in one ounce of I usually use distilled water, and you don't have to. You can use tap water and okay. 30 drops okay. of lavender essential oil. It doesn't have to be organic. Just a okay. good quality essential oil. So 30 drops of lavender essential oil and one ounce of, of water, preferably um, distilled, but doesn't have to be. And keep okay. it in your purse or pocket or diaper bag or wherever you want to. It's a great oh, man. Um, alternative to the chemical hand sanitizers that we see now. Whoa. Uh, oh, Donna. This is, okay, so you make it up ahead of time. I wasn't thinking of that. but uh, yes, I just that, make it up ahead of time. Absolutely. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, that is a fantastic, I, I travel a lot and sometimes I just don't have soap and water. I'm not real keen on the hand sanitizers, but truth is, you know, I always feel like they're better than nothing, but now you've given me an alternative, which in fact, you know, it's really not that hard to do. It's just really not. Uh, Donna, would you feel comfortable giving us a brand or two of the lavender oil that you would recommend? Oh gosh, <laughs> that's really Sorry, I took... me on the spot because that's a real uh, yeah, hot yeah. topic right now. Um, oh, okay. I would right. <laughs> say that um, just don't be fooled because there's a lot of companies that are right now out there saying, you know, they're the only ones that you know produce, you know, the high quality essential oils. I go yes. to a health food store. There's lots yeah. of companies that are producing really good, high quality um, essential oils. So okay. um, they don't have to be organic. It would help, but that really ups the cost. Um, so there's lots of, but I would say go to a health food store and okay. um, ask them. They usually have a better quality um, selection of essential oils there. So there's um, lots of, we'll, we'll just have to do this again on essential oils. Uh, <laughs> lots of tasty things that we're seeing now and that kind of stuff. But, um, but again, just, you know, and let kids play outside, get dirt on their hands. They're talking about these kids need to be exposed to these microbes that are in the soil um, to help them build their immune system. Um, you know, the whole thing about the microbiome, we're destroying our oh, own microbiome right. with all these right. and, 
there for our immune system. So, you know, adults, get out and get your hands in the ground, walk in the grass, you know, get some sunshine on your face and, and use basic soap rather than all these hand sanitizers. Some simple, easy things to build your immune system and, and be healthier. That, that's a great, great tip. And that's why I asked the question, because so often I get into the natural food store. I've read at least some of this hype about which one is and which one isn't. And my eyes kind of just glaze over and I'm like, I don't know. Let's just, you know, like close my eyes and grab one and go pay for it and get out of there. And you're saying that's probably not a bad idea, at least as a starter. That sounds like it's really a big conversation. But uh, right. yeah, uh, yes. I, we, we didn't. Give That's a, a whole huge lot topic of, right now. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, I notice also that in the book, you give a lot of tips for making your own cleaning products, and we don't have time to talk about that today. But for the benefit of listeners, I just want to say that one of my favorite cleaning items, I got this from my mother, is vinegar. I buy vinegar by the two-gallon jug, and I use it to wash my windows and to clean just about everything. The problem, of course, is that it's kind of stinky and I always have used it as uh, a softener for my laundry and so forth but Mm -hmm. I want to go back to what Donna just said about the the lavender because you can use herbs to de- de-smell some of the uh, the smell that you will see with vinegar, which is, in my opinion, a really great product. Hey, everybody, the time is ticking. I am in real trouble here. I've talked really, really fast. Uh, I would like to thank Donna Walls for being my guest today. Donna, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you. This has been wonderful. Thank you, oh, Marie. Excellent. And I would just like to tell everybody, I've got a little something for you on my new website. New website is mariebiancuzo.com. That's M-A-R-I-E-B-I-A-N-C-U-Z-Z-O.com. Go there. I got something for you. We got to sign off. But guess what? I will be seeing you next week. In the meanwhile, many thanks to Donna Walls. Many thanks to you for listening. And just remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do what's best for you and your baby.